Welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an ARI YMBF fan podcast where we talk about anything and everything else in Rosen. I am Lisa Lowry, and on this episode, we will talk about the Monday, July 4th episode, The Return of Mary Catherine Ham, and the Thursday, July 7th episode, Your Questions and the Great Poll Results Reveal. But first, I would like to introduce fellow best friends, Return Connect, Toby. Welcome, Toby. Hi, great to be back. And JMO Patrol alumna, Emily. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thanks. It's so nice to have you back on. So, judging by your shirt, you're still doing roller derby. Yes. <laughs> Maybe tell some, uh, tell the people, tell all the all the people out there, um, a little bit about yourself if they haven't heard your BYOF or you know if they're not dedicated. <clears throat> sure. If they if you haven't heard of me, right? <laughs> I am uh, Emily Q forever on Twitter. I play roller derby. My derby name is Winter is Coming, and um, I live in northern Minnesota in a town called Embarrass, and I have two kids and a husband and a llama named Brad Pitt. I remembered the llama. I'm like, oh, doesn't she have a llama and like a bunch of other stuff? Okay, the llama named Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks. That so I awesome. have a cat named Charles Bronson, so that works out. Ooh, good one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that. Um, well, welcome back. It's nice to have you back. If you all haven't heard her BYOF, listen back. She's very interesting and fun. Um, so let's talk about the Monday episode, shall we? Uh, something that wasn't so fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the return of Mary Catherine Ham. I think I had a lump in my throat the entire time I was listening. This was her fourth appearance. She's the author of End of Discussion, and she's a CNN political commentator. Um, she came on, and of course, we all know the major news that she was going to talk about. So every they're kind of leading up to it and talking about going to Disneyland with kids and flying with kids and her new job. Um, but... Then they finally got around to it, and she, you know, finally was talking about her husband, Jake, who died in a freak cycling accident at 34 years old, which I think, listening to her, I, not that I'd wish this on anybody, but man, the strength in this woman really so, just amazed me. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I felt the whole time just listening to her calmly talk about it, uh, and the the part where she was talking about not wanting to know what happened, but just moving on, dealing with, uh, dealing with it. Just saying, this is the this is the case. It's time to move on. He would have told me that I was okay to deal with it. Like everything about it was just incredible to listen to. Just how she dealt with it all. I agree. She's like the epitome of like healthy coping mechanisms. It sounds like. And especially being pregnant when that happens, like, I mean, it would have so many other people, I think, would have absolutely just let it take her down. Like, I think she even used those words, but she didn't. And she's doing great, which is just so fantastic. Yeah, to have that kind of level headedness and a realistic view of going through what she says my you know my life is horrific right now but she is being strong for her kids and I can't even imagine losing someone first of all losing your husband losing someone that is your partner the you know the person who's raising kids with you and you're starting a family together and now you're seven months pregnant I think she was 
So yeah. to have a baby after just a few months after losing the father of that baby, I just can't even imagine processing that. And I think, you know, Allison asked her, you know, how for, for her and for me too, I would probably beat myself down and try and figure out what I want to know every little detail so that I can torture myself, which is not healthy at all. It's not healthy for her kids, but she's just, I don't, I, I don't know how you have that kind of a right mind to deal with something like that. She's so even keeled. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't have even ever considered not asking for all the details. Like, I guess that would have just been my first thought. What happened? What happened? What happened? You know? And for her to even consider, like, I don't need to know those that right now is that's just amazing to me. And like realizing that that isn't what she needed to be spending her like emotional energy on. It's just, and I, now I feel like I am going to use that and remember that lesson and not need to like know details of horrific things. I think that's a good way to cope with life. <laughs> For sure. I think she took something so, so horrible and turned it into something where she can help other people that are maybe going through it or just people who maybe could see a different perspective on life really, because I haven't had that happen to me, but I, oh, like you said, I felt like I was already, I was learning something by listening to her. Just, I don't know, her, her brain, the way it works was pretty amazing. I can imagine them being a pretty powerful couple <laughs> brain wise. Agreed. And she's so eloquent and, and so like relatable, I think. I mean, I definitely feel very like similar to her in so many of the things that she talks about. I don't know if other people do too, but, um, yeah, just it, so not only does she like she's able to function that way, but then to explain it in a way that doesn't make her seem like she thinks she's better than everybody, even though she is absolutely like a specimen of, I don't know, health and strength um, and grace. I guess she she kept talking about, you know, grace and, and it really is. She's just, that's what I just kept thinking when she was describing everything. Yeah. She had a realistic view on life and continuing to live. Um, she also talked about having those last moments, you know, you never know which moments are going to be your last moments with somebody. And for her to, you know, to reflect back on those, those moments and, you know, I think we've all, I've, you know, lost people in my life, at least. In fact, maybe, I think it was about two years ago, we lost somebody that he, he was a father of two and the kids were, you know, four and, or five and three. So they were really little. And having to watch my friend go through all of that was rough, you know, and it was also an accident. But I don't, I don't know. I just, just listening to her talk, it just kind of, I don't know. Her kids, for how unlucky of a situation that they've been through, have a, a very lucky uh, lot in life with their mom and the, who she's choosing to surround them with and, and to raise them with. Re um, the memories, you know, she can give them the memories, you, like she was talking about, which was very interesting. Yeah, she just like zeroed in on the things that she needed to do in order to make the best of a horrible situation. And like immediately, like... She was building those memories and reinforcing those memories for her older daughter, you know. And then the fact that she could, like, see that silver lining of her husband finding out about 
the sex of the baby before it was born and like realizing that he like had that like insight or you know extra knowledge that she didn't have like that was just it's just it's so great to like hear life from such a great perspective I agree. I agree. And she, I know she talked about not being alone, helped her, helped her with the transition and her being an extrovert. And for me, I'm more of an introvert and I would probably just tunnel myself into a cave or something. But I mean, there are certain things you have to do because you have kids and you just have to just go on. But I don't think I would deal with any of it. I would just be pretending like everything is okay and try and give them their life, but I would not be worrying about my own. And it sounds like she's not, not in a selfish way, but she sounds like she's really growing from it and learning from it and just just doing the most from this, like she said, horrific (laughs) experience. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like her life experiences, like the, the job that she has being away from her husband, you know, she touched on that a little bit, uh, sort of not prepared her for this because nothing can prepare you for that. But like everything, sort of felt like it was a life had prepared her for it a little bit you know like probably a bit the way that she was just naturally uh as a person and her tendencies and her beliefs and her job and the way that that kept her away from her her husband and is like it it prepared her for it in a way that i don't think she would have realized until it happened but that allowed her to just sort of be like all right well here you know I'm sure it works. There was a lot of things that happened for her that she has to turn and navigate a little bit. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the same as a personal relationship, obviously, but it, it it felt to me a lot that she, everything, she got the sense that everything in life is just sort of happens and you just work through it. And she's, I, I can't believe the ability she has to do that. And it's no wonder that she's successful. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I did think about when she was talking about how her daughter probably, you know, was used to her her daddy always being gone and she's used to him being gone. And I thought, well, that's it did prepare her. I totally agree with what you're saying. But then I wonder if she wishes that we, you know, maybe they didn't fill their calendar so much with so many outside things, you know, (laughs) to... To be away, you know, have that selfish, you know, night together or nights, more nights together. But, but yeah, I probably prepared both, all of the, everybody. For me, like, if it was, I think the way that it is for her, it worked. Like, I, I, I'm not the same way as her. For me, I would dwell on the fact that it hadn't, that I hadn't planned out life that way. But I think for her, just the optimistic outlook she has on life. I think she sees it only as a positive. I don't think there would be any dwelling for her on the things that didn't happen as much as she would just say, thank goodness we had the time that we did, and thank goodness the things that happened prepared me for this life, sort of. I agree, and I think if, if his life had been different, if they had been, you know, homebodies, and then this would happen. I think she would have looked on the bright side of that situation yeah, and said, right. well, at least we had so much time to, you know, like, I think no matter what, she's just the type of person to find the positive, which is just incredible. Yeah, I think one of her quotes, she said, even when it is as dark as possible, there's life. And it's, you know, looking, looking at that lighter side because there are so many dark things in life and to, to not focus on it, to turn it into something else. I know she was talking about birthdays and she, the way she 
sees birthdays as exactly the way I see them and the way I've said it on this show before. And I don't get wrapped up in the presence and, and the BS of like, oh, I'm so special. But it's a celebration of another year that something bad hasn't happened or that, you know, and basically she says something bad like this happened. <laughs> you know, it's because the only people who don't have birthdays are the people who are dead. And if you're alive, you should be celebrating it. <laughs> and I don't think it has to be, you know, so such a self-absorbed type of thing. It's just it is a celebration of another year that you've made it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's I'm not, uh, the, you know, politically, I know that I don't align with her. But sometimes I have that envious, just like belief that everything will be okay. I, I sort of envy that. And I, I don't have a structure, perhaps, that allows for the same thing or that optimistic view. But sometimes I wish I did, even though it's it doesn't necessarily align with the, the way that I view the world. But it's hearing someone talk like that, even though I don't necessarily agree with their politics or anything, like it's just so amazing all of the, all of that is amazing and it doesn't sometimes i'm envious of the the structure that that brings that i agree but i also don't think that you need that like i think that an atheist uh liberal can mm. can be just as optimistic um, oh yeah you know she she you know she talked a lot about prayer which isn't part of my life or you know any of that but i can still value like her mindset even if I don't have the like, oh, oh, the yeah, her story about like seeing him or having the dream or like kind of like the vision dream thing that she described about in the airport um, oh security line. Yeah, that was the part Freaky. where she sort of cracked a little bit, right? <laughs> she finally yeah. cracked at that. Okay, you do have feelings. Like I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, we know she has feelings. She said she goes and cries and she keeps it together. But oh, yeah, she definitely absolutely. saying that it was like, the, the lump in my throat started getting bigger and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going <laughs> to, this is where it's going to go, you know, that. That's the part that I skipped through when I was re-listening to it today at work because oh, yeah. I wasn't going to cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I can see that as like, it was obviously again, like she's in, she's in the newsroom and stuff like I, composure is sort of the name of the game there, right? But, but I it, just was, mean it was nice to like, hear her the mysticism of it, like yes. believing that they're, that he's in heaven or whatever. Like I don't share any of those beliefs, but I can still like share the optimism about like looking back on the good things that they had in life. And, you know, mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, I'm just saying, I hope that non-Christians can also find that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like like I said before, I don't necessarily align with her belief system, but my mom died before my daughter was born, and when my daughter was born, she used to look up at the ceiling a lot and smile, and I'm like, okay, you know what, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but there's something about this that is that that encompasses all of that, and I don't have to believe in the afterworld for me to feel the presence in this specific situation, you know, like as it pertains to her. She does believe the whole package, but like I mm -hmm. think you can still have, like you were saying before, about different belief systems. I think it can I, that that uh, unknown sort of being thing can exist without the actual afterlife. Just the the idea. I don't know how to explain it as much, but without the 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 being, which is probably how the religion side of it came to be anyway, is people putting words to it, but. 
it I certainly feel what she was talking about without the actual belief behind it. Like that that situation I feel yeah a lot. And that like of course made me lose it quite quite a bit. But Aww. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was tough. As soon as I saw that she was the guest, I thought, uh oh. Yeah. I need to prepare myself to listen to this one. Yes. Me too. <laughs> and rarely do uh, repeat guests bring that much emotion. Just by nature of you usually dig through all of those things in the first one or two episodes, right? Like it's true. It, yeah. The chances of you having something this deep to talk about for a long period of time on the fourth appearance is probably pretty rare. I agree. I th- yeah. I it, it was. Yeah, when she was on before, it was a little bit after I know that it happened. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, Allison's friends with her. I know that eventually we're going to get the story. And then I kind of forgot about it, I guess. And then seeing that again, I thought, oh my gosh, good. Okay, she's obviously doing good because she's on going to be on a show. So that's that's good to know. You know, I don't know much about her otherwise besides Allison's show. So, you know, that, that it was that, good. Yeah. Can we talk a second about... Uh... I, like we've been talking about Mary, obviously, most of the time. But I feel like the last few weeks uh, and months, I feel Allison getting more and more confident in her interviewing abilities. And part of that could be that she's got had a few repeat guests. But like she's very, she doesn't hesitate on her tough questions. Or I, like I'm feeling a more of an interview strength. Not that she wasn't a strong interviewer before, but like it's really solidifying in a way that I, it's great to listen to. I think, yes, I, I can tell, I can feel her confidence level has definitely gotten higher. I agree. I don't, someone said that something about that on, I don't know if it was on Twitter or someone emailed me, but there was something and I thought, yeah, you're right. It, there's something, something different, so, but obviously, you know, she's, she's so good, but you know, there's always, you're always going to grow. I, when I first started listening to her show in the very beginning, you can even tell just in the beginning, just trying to get her sea legs in her show and I loved her so much on the previous emplo- employer that I just kept on listening because I thought I, I really like her on that show and I won't really want to like her. And it kind of, you know, it was not slow to warm in the beginning, but it was just a, a f- the first couple episodes I thought, okay, she's still feeling her way around things navigating. And then it was like, and she's grown ever since. So I think you're right. I think it's gotten better and better. Certainly, you know, in the beginning she went from like on the Ustream show, I'm sure she mostly had people she knew on. And even though way back in uh, Time Out New York and other uh, other places, she would interview probably bigger stars. But there's something different about being on microphone. Uh, and I think, you know, in the beginning, even if at the previous employer she was around bigger stars, she was part of a group. And yeah, not and the, it like, wasn't, wasn't her directing. job to interview them like she does on her show. No, exactly. I think her show's really given her, and I think like the feedback she gets has really given her the confidence to like dig deeper and know that she can go there. And as long as the guest is comfortable, that she knows that her fans appreciate that. That that's why part of why we listen to her. I know it yeah. is for me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I haven't really noticed like a confidence thing in the last like few weeks or months, but lately I love like she just kind of slips in so. So what was that birth like? Or how much weight did you gain in the first, like all these little, like she just wants to compare her pregnancy to every other pregnancy, yeah. and which is so typical and so cute. 
So I love all those questions. <laughs> it is. She is going to drive herself crazy with this pregnancy. The what one thing that I learned early in my first pregnancy was to not look up every like not read every book, not do everything. Just if you have a certain circumstance, then look it up, but don't make yourself crazy with all these what ifs because two pregnancies were totally different and I would have been so nuts, more nuts than I already was. <laughs> But I don't think she can help herself. <laughs> no, and it's fine. It's her process. Yeah. Um, I loved how when Mary Catherine talked about like the cathartic nature of the birth of her second and how she'd already been planning on doing like a more natural birth and at a midwife center, but that she really needed to do that. And I'm so happy for her that she got that. I, I, I know people in from personal experience. I know how important it is to like have the birth that you want and like how healing that can be. So I'm glad she got to experience that too. That's another level of strength that I thought, man, she just, when she wants to do something, she just takes it on and does it. And wow, (laughs) pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. It just is so empowering when you, when you want that, like I, like she said, not everybody wants that and not everybody is even trying for, you know, like it's, it's everybody's choice. But if you choose to go for that and you succeed, it's, you know, it is like climbing a mountain or finishing a race or, you know, it's like you're setting a goal and it's hard and you have to do it yourself. But you, when you do, you feel really good about it. Uh, right from the get go there, she, she talked about how it took her 17 hours to get there. Uh, you know, she from out to L.A., she it was 17 hours of travel from D.C. to L.A. That's right. Yes. And so, I mean, that just was uh, right from the get-go a sign that she could hold it together after. Like, if I spent 17 hours, I'd be like, we, we can't do this today. <laughs> or probably I'm never going to move ever again like that. I love how she was just like, so now I know I could take my kids to Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Again, she, though, just everything is just a, a positivity. Like, it's good, you know, like, I had more problems at, uh, at Disneyland than I did on the airplane. Like, yeah. Just... And it's I like, could... she's not Pollyanna. She's not like goody goody. She or goody too. She was like, Oh, I can just do all this. I'm just so magical. She just her positivity. She's just not a poor me kind of a person, but she's not a, not the opposite either. She's right in the middle of just like what everyone should work to be, <laughs> whether, you know, like you said, not about her beliefs or anything, but her, the way she looks at life and takes life on is pretty amazing. I agree. And I think she really like adjusts her expectations. Like I, I know when I I have two kids and I traveled with them when they were really young, I live in Minnesota and I'm from Florida. So I was flying, I've. I don't know, before my son was two, we probably flew to Florida like six or seven times. Whoa. Um, And that was with my older daughter. One of those trips, we took a kitten. (laughs) And I just remembered that when she was telling the story. And I'm like, clearly I blocked it out. (laughs) 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 Flying, which for me, flying is driving four hours to the airport, staying overnight in a hotel room beforehand, you know, parking, shuttle, oh, airport, geez. two flights, you know, oh, and, and with a kitten. And I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> and I obviously wasn't, you know, but you just kind of like 
you're like nothing else matters you just it's you don't care what you eat you don't care you know you're just bathroom breaks playing like you're just you just have to you do what you got to do you know yeah you're going to like robot mode yeah Yeah, survival mode exactly yeah yeah everything is what do I have to do to get through this? Like yep. ice cream for dinner? I do not care. Like <laughs> exactly. it's all here we go. This is what's happening. Yes. And kindness of strangers. Like I remember on one flight, uh, the lady sitting next to me held my baby for like an hour, probably. You oh know. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, oh, you know. And that's it. You know, you have the those connections and and people help and they real. You know, they saw me with two little kids and. You know, she's like, she just held out her arms and I handed him over. You know, it's just like, yeah, great things like that happen. Yeah. And that's like, that's all luck, too. It's it's amazing when you when you get a good streak of luck and it does seem to happen. And I've I've had similar situations, too, where it's just like people step up when you when you need them to. And it's I I never try try not to rely on it because then you sort of (laughs) I find I end up a little bit jaded if I don't get that kindness, which is not a fair way to see things. But when you when you just go through and you do everything you need to do, it it does happen and it's it's really yeah, great when it does. Listen to us being all positive and stuff. I love it. Yeah, she's rubbing <laughs> off on us. Yeah, she is. See? See Mary Catherine. Well, we're all avoiding the politics. So yes. let's just skip right over that part. <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah, but we- she didn't talk about it either, is that that's that's the best true. part, like she didn't really touch on that. She, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that she moved from Fox to CNN. Thing. Right, right. And she's, so that's like a she's more neutral. Like finding positivity in her own life, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my notes, I I just have, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> she did have that one little thing where she was like. I don't even really want to. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Yeah. She was like politics and we're like, oh, uh, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. People at 4th of July starting to talk politics. I'm like, see ya. Goodbye. This, I'm good. I don't oh, yeah. need uh, We all know where you stand. You're our, you're our friends, but we don't need to talk about it anymore, please. Let's have one night off. Um, do you guys have anything else from this episode? I made a note that says living with siblings, did they, but I don't remember them specifically talking <laughs> talking about that. And I'm like, and I wrote, how would you feel? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that was in reference to. So let's just blaze hmm. past that. Do you remember them talking about that? Oh, well, oh, her brother moved in with her. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then did didn't she... her sister move in at one yes. point, too? You know yeah. what? Oh, did she? I know that the uh, brother moved in. And that was amazing for her, but that sparked that little memory for her daughter that she didn't realize her daughter had. Right, right. in the shower, right? So a genuine memory. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's again. <laughs> do you do you two have siblings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really how would nice, you feel about it? I have a really nice brother and my sister. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Huh. Huh. I have three sisters and if my husband were to die in a freak cycling accident. I don't think I would need any of my sisters to come live with me. <laughs> but also, is... my kids are older. Yeah. You know, and this is like I, I. It helped me to hear Mary Catherine talking about like 
that she kind of her mind runs onto these like horrible scenarios because I I do that too like I kind of go through these like okay worst case scenario what would happen what you know in this if this happens what would I do and so that helped just even though I try to like not do that as much it helped to hear when other people do that too she was talking about you know not wanting to shelter her kids now she's been on the really horrific she's actually you know been a part of a horrific experience where we're all you know on the most for the most part just thinking seeing it on the news or thinking what if this happened to us or you know and she is actually living through it and trying not to be a helicopter parent or trying not I mean I would be every time something happens out in the world I think I don't want to take my kids anywhere I don't want to go to the movies I don't want to go to Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland because that's going to be the time that it's going to happen or I don't want to do this or that but I still do yeah but I it scares the shit out of me I I don't know how she she you know can just go out there and just okay my daughter's not gonna be with me tonight I wouldn't be able to sleep but I guess you know like with their siblings living there for a while at least that I'm sure it was helpful and I know that probably isn't happening anymore but something at least someone you trust there yes absolutely especially with small small kids like that and her yeah. being pregnant so, yeah. Toby, do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I didn't hear if you said. <laughs> you did. I have one sister. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Have a you have a sister. Would you trust her to, or would it be uh, cool? Living? Yeah, like actually, legally, she if I die, she's like ah, going to take okay. care of everything. So. You have one of the cool families and stuff? Oh, and you oh, have my one of those really cool wills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the, everything's broken down to like. If, it's, <sighs> if this happens, then that happens. If this happens, then cool. like any combination of things, then... It, everything sort of goes in a different direction based on that. But yeah, my sister's cool. My wife's sister is cool. So it's uh, everything is good in that department. But uh, she lives far from me, unfortunately. My sister does. But sometimes that's good. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you on that. But it is like I do only see her once a year or maybe twice. So that sometimes that I'm like, mm, I wish it were more on that front. But but I not know. like. In the same house, necessarily. <laughs> it would be yes. weird, you know. I haven't lived with a sibling since I was, you know, a teenager. So it would be kind of a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. My sister's a, a producer, a radio producer. And she's very, very like that in life, too. Really? So in, a, so in a way, like, it's for me, it's good. Because when I'm with her, like, I never have to know what to do in any situation. Because she's always, like, in control of that. That's awesome. But, and it's great. It's great for events and stuff, which is usually actually where I see her because she's like, all right, I got these for the, bring out this food. Like, can you take care of this? And I don't have to think about it, which is great. And that, that dynamic works for me. So. Is she older? Yeah, just three okay. and a half years. So she just naturally so took super. care of you, wanted to, it takes care of things. Yeah, yeah, that's her thing. She's sort of like, so my parents are fun, but not necessarily like, great at being in charge and she sort of saw the void and took it <laughs> I guess the last thing I have written down is that she mentioned that she's an ENTP I don't know if you guys know your personality types but no. I don't know oh everybody should go to I think it's 16personalities.com Ooh. I'm gonna check that I heard uh Jenna Kim Jones and Al did that yes. right yes that's this right is the thing. okay and I forgot that I wanted to do that. 16 personalities. I'm looking it up. I'm going to make Something sure that's like that. right. Didn't they take it all together on the Thursday show one time? Yes, they did. Okay, so yes, it is 16 personalities. Like one, right. six, 
personalities.com. And I love this thing. I used to be like, I took this, it's the Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, And I took it probably like 20 years ago. And I was an ENTJ, which is not very flattering. But (laughs) I have grown into, I have, I took it like a few months ago. And I am now an ENTP, which is the same as Mary Catherine Hamm. So that was pretty cool. I was like, okay, well, then this is how I need to be behaving, more positive. That's interesting that you've t- taken it twice and there's been growth. That's pretty cool. Well, and I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, there are ENTJs out there. <laughs> and you guys are wonderful people. <laughs> Maybe someday. I, I think I may ENTJ have come across them recently, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I have my ENTJ come out every once in a while. It's much more like judgmental, basically, is what that J stands for, is like very judging. But that is very, very like obvious in my life. I am much less judgmental now than I used to be. So it makes sense. So is ENTJ the new C word? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. No, you, something J. Yeah, unless you're like, ENTJ. 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 Like, just call me a cunt, please. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think I would rather be called a cunt than be in TJ. Really? Whoa. I, I need to look this up. Yeah, I, I got to take I, this test, I think. I know, you're really describing somebody <laughs> specific to my life right now. I'm going to add somebody else to the second half here. Is that Maggie? Hey. Is that Maggie Poo? Here I am. Super fan Megan's on, everybody. Hey, Hi, Megan. hey, hey. I'm on Hello, with Emily Q and Tobias Milton. That's right. So we've got Hello. Emily and Toby. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we talked about Monday and how yes. how wonderful it was. Yeah. Oof. All right. Let's talk about. Oh, the, funny. Let's yeah. talk about the Thursday, July 7th. Your questions and the great poll results reveal. Um, first, we were her, her little. Did she say little new potatoes? New little potatoes? What did she even say? I think just new potatoes. Hello, my little new potatoes. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, Megan, what's your bone? Pick it. <laughs> oh, it's it's a repeat. That's all. I just wanted to point that out. There was one oh. episode where uh, Rafi was recording with you guys on a Thursday episode where there was a repeat carb, and I got down on him for not pointing out that it was a repeat. So I figured uh, that I would I would be a hypocrite to not to not point it out. Yes. <laughs> There was a repeat JMO too, and I thought, oh, well, I guess we're going to just have to, you know, I don't know, live through the next series of of this life that the, that is the show. Um, so we're new <laughs> we'll potatoes. We'll have to tough it out. Again. Pregnancy brain? The yes. pregnancy brain period? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I still, Megan, you have more of an inside track. I want to know where she comes up with the carbs. Is it something she's craving now? Is it something she wants to eat? Is it the first thing she sees, like how you used to do? What? I don't know. I've never asked her these random questions. Like, I've kind of stockpiled them in in either a notes app or or somewhere. I'm like, man, if there ever came a day (laughs) where I could just, like, ask all of these random questions I have. Uh, I would I would love to like when you and I met her how you were 
like taking every bit of food out of her room to like for her to sign and all of her trash and whatever. No, I'm just kidding. I'm exactly. No, that's pretty much what it. Okay, what good. it was. I would love yeah. to see you do like just the barfing questions that are like blah. <laughs> I dream of the day. I I I like to think it'll happen someday. I mean, Rafi got a shot, right? There has if maybe there's like a a Patreon like Ooh. perk out there mm-hmm. where where I can like uh, ask my collection of questions I've been hoarding but Rafi uh, asked my question when he was on about where she, like her passion for English came from and all that and that was one that was burning within me for a while <laughs> um, but yeah I think that it's it's just random right before the show starts but what a life to live where your job like if you're if I'm like, man, I want an In-N-Out burger right now, and then three hours later, I'm like, oh, In-N-Out burger. Like, what, a, what a weird job to have. Yes. Hello, my little double doubles. I did ask her one time on Twitter uh, what what her anxiety level was like as she approaches saying the carbs, Ooh. and she responded with very high. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's commented on that before, how she's like, I almost blew it, and then I thought of one, and then I like shifted and used another one. I think it's what she like, needs to do is take deal. 10 minutes and just fill a page with all of the cute little carbs that she could think of. And then yeah, she could just on. have a go-to list and not have to stress at all. Just take that stress right out of that, your life. Yeah. She could have a word cloud. That's true. Ooh, word cloud. Is that what you said? Yeah. I love that. You said double-double. Is a double-double a kind of burger at in and out Oh, yeah. Double mm-hmm. so meat, double cheese, baby. Tobias, what is... I speak a little bit of Canadian, so a double-double to me, living so close to Canada, is how you order coffee at Tim Hortons if you want double cream, double sugar. Oh, What's a Tim Hortons? Oh, Tim Hortons is a Canadian coffee and donut chain that I have in like 20 minutes away from me because I'm practically in Canada. Like, I don't know how many there are in the States, but one is really close to me. Where do you, I know that you probably covered this already. Where do you live? I live in Embarrass, Minnesota. I'm like, Embarrass? It's not rad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so really funny. rad. Yeah. Um, let's talk about reality TV. First of all, let's talk about the reality TV poll. Allison put a poll out on Twitter about if she should talk about reality TV anymore. And it won in favor of Yes, Please. I don't know how if you guys did either of you vote. I did. I did not. Okay. A no. Did you vote? I did. Okay. What did did you you vote? I voted yes, police. (laughs) Sorry, Ray Morgan. (laughs) Uh... And everybody else whose ears and brains are cringing. But I did. Good Lori. You know right. what's funny? I thought, well, I think I looked at it the same way Colonel Jeff does. It's it's obviously something she wants to talk about. And she probably would probably would have a whole show around it. And so we're probably getting off lucky here. But um, since she wants to talk about it, and it makes me laugh that they talk. At least it's shows that I've seen before that I used to really be into. And I think maybe also because I was into it so much and didn't understand why. I was and how she kind of loves it and doesn't really understand why and everything about it should make you not want to watch it that I relate to it and also you know if she talks about people I know who she's talking about but 
I know a lot of people tune out and um, are probably disappointed in the Yes Police, but they really didn't talk about it too much today. They just talked about the the ins and outs of reality. So, did, so I'm guessing you voted a no. <laughs> yeah, I put I put a no vote in for that one, and I guess like clearly she can talk about it all the fu- even if she did like start a Vanderpump Rules themed podcast I'd probably fucking listen because that's how like hopelessly loyal I am to our queen Allison Rosen but I would prefer oh, it not <laughs> to be that way right. <laughs> I would prefer it I would prefer them not to mention it and I have like a lot of a lot of feelings about it and I don't want to like I want to hear them all go on a tirade and then I do you lo- want to hear all the tirades? I do. I, I also loved Colonel yeah. Jeff, Colonel Jeff saying, "I hope it wasn't a mute point," and that was another callback to to Ray Morgan. Right. Too, so that was pretty funny. But I thought about Ray Morgan because he was one of his posts was like, "Basically, I'm going to shoot myself. Please stop talking about it." Okay. But yes. Let's let's hear. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Let's hear it. I want to hear so, what you say. Little background. I don't know who listens to this show who doesn't know. Like, I'm big in a documentary film and I'm an editor and stuff like that here. But um, I had a brief stint where I was curious about editing reality TV. And my neighbor, um, my favorite name, neighbor, too, uh, they're, they're really good people and they hold my Amazon packages while they're waiting outside to be stolen. Um, from people like Lisa Lurie's brother a long time ago, but that's also a different story. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> I do. Oh my gosh. Uh, but he was an editor on Jersey Shore. So with the 495 Productions, which did that show, he's been with them for a long time and uh, had edited like the most recent, I don't know if it's still on air, but it was like Snooki and Wow, Like them specifically there was a reality show with them on air so i hadn't like i i don't like watching reality tv but it just feels like there's so many reality tv shows on air that a job to get on one would come by more frequently than what i'm actually into which is documentary so i was talking to my neighbor about it and i'm like eh, i'm curious and i don't want to like you know count out something before i try and i was like i would be interested in reality tv and he's like oh it's all fucking fake like the producers write everything there's nothing that's not like technically scripted like they just create drama out of no drama pretty much the same stuff they're covering on the thursday show um whereas that knowledge doesn't like really even bother allison or jenna with knowing it um but I did end up getting a gig and I actually, I'm not trying to be private about it for any special reason, except for I'm going to talk smack about it. And I did sign some paperwork when I got a gig with them that was some form of non-disclosure agreement. And I don't know if in that it said like, you can't say this kind of stuff and I can't afford to be sued by anybody. So um, I did say publicly one of the shows was Booze Traveler, and that was actually the best show to work on and the less like sketch fest. Um, but I ended up being an assistant on there was a reality show that was actually compl- like even more fake. They hired actors Whoa. instead of real people, and I don't think they made it super obvious that they hired actors to fill these roles. Um, and that was on the ID channel. And then the other was on a 
travel channel and it didn't look like it was very good so I, I think like just these for all i know it's still on air but the episodes i worked on were like the pilot episode and the second episode that was going to air on the travel channel and it was like this uh daughter father southern duo that were like going around in their rv traveling and seeing americana and you know whatever uh and in the show that was on the id channel uh so i saw so in this position by the way it was like my job to see all the raw footage so i was seeing everything that was cut out and sifting through it and like it was my job to organize it and things like that and on the show that was on the id channel what the writers do is essentially they write what they want their subjects to say and then they just tell them the line they want them to say and they deliver it to the camera. So it's just about an hour of the producer slash director sitting with whoever this person is and if he says something to the nature of like, oh yeah, we went out and... Uh, we caught this guy doing this thing and and the wife got really mad. Like, they will use all of your words. So if that's not something they wrote, they will tell you how to reword those words and how to say it differently in terms of, like, inflection and, and like, words to stress and things like that or emotion to add to it. So I guess you could say, yeah, technically... In that case, like, they're saying something that's true to them, but in a way that's, like, almost like photoshopping a picture in a magazine. Like, it's so polished that it's it's really not even the, the same real thing that it used to be. I mean, it's an actual person on the cover of that magazine that exists, but there's nothing real about their appearance. And that's sort of the comparison that I made when I was seeing how these people were... Um, were were being addressed by by the director. So it's it's stuff like that or just basically saying like okay, say say that your assistant made you really mad or say that, you know, this person came in and they were rude to your assistant with no it, it didn't matter at all what really happened. It just matters like that the drama is there. So it's completely fucking fake. And then the other show that this surprised me even more because um, it was just like this feel-good like travel show, and I didn't expect there to be that much direction or anything like that. But there was this one scene where they go to this county fair, and it's the Fourth of July, and the daughter participates in like a I don't know what you call it. it's not pig wrestling, but like they they let a pig loose, and then they it runs around, and you're supposed to catch it. And the dad was like sitting on the sidelines watching them happen watching this happen and so i hear the dad ask the producer like so like what am i feeling about this so literally even a, a, a show about like a dad just road tripping with his daughter there's like they want them to be having certain motivations about the situation and things like that or like in this case, they set up a fight, like a big that they set up a moment for the daughter and the father to be bickering at each other earlier in the show. So he was asking, you know, how am I supposed to feel like this? Because now they want this sweet, like redeeming moment at the end where this dad it's it's Hickville. So like I, I get that we're talking about a, a situation with like someone chasing around a pig, but 
in the context of the show, like we like we had bickering between them. Now we need this ending where like, oh, look at my daughter go. She's doing something fun and good and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm sweet to her. So even the nature of father-daughter relationships are molded and, and written out. You know, they, they wrote in the scene where they were bickering at each other. So do you um, think that this is like a blanket st- statement or description on basically all reality TV in general, do you for think? For sure. Because, for I mean, sure. one thing that I think is kind of, like, I don't know, weird. I don't know the word, but these personalities that they're putting on these people who have to still live real lives as these people. So you're creating these monsters like these Heidi Heidi Montags or whatever her name is and Vicky from The Real Housewives who are kind of like evil people. <laughs> and now they have to deal with that stigma of of this script. You know what I mean? Like they've been turned into mm-hmm. these people, but they can't say it. Whoa. <laughs> Toby's back Apologies. from the other side. Toby, you should mute yourself. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know that was coming. Okay. That was awesome. <laughs> I thought we were getting a call in from the moon or something. <laughs> he, we discussed this earlier, but he works at Gringotts. The, what are those things called? Gargoyles? No. Goblin bank is no. Goblin. Yes. Goblin bank. That joke. I mean, didn't work. of course it is because that's where I work. <laughs> yeah, no, like of, course course of course I know what it is. <laughs> what about a goblin? I'm confused. <laughs> no worries. It's okay. Unimportant. So, okay. <laughs> sounds sounds like an important. Factor, yeah, okay. it is. Um, <laughs> it's a Harry Potter thing, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um. So I said right. Like I wasn't here listening to the first part of the show. Um. <laughs> so you know, before you know, like with wrestling, let's say, okay, and everyone said, oh, it's fake, it's whatever, and people, first of all, defended it, and then, okay, so it's scripted, but we like it, and they just kind of got over it. So it's almost kind of the same thing. It's almost like yes, but I think yeah. it's even less. I feel like even in my own mind, I've heard what you just said i've heard other people say it about other shows where i'm like well it's but it's not the show that i watch the one that i watch is actually right (laughs) Right. i'm in denial or something i don't know what it is so this this is how like i said i have so many thoughts folks this is how because like honestly how how much do i actually care that like this stupid show that's probably over already or was over by the time it started like the nature of the content of that show was harmless and like for and I I have mentioned Boost Travelers so Boost Travelers uh is all about like making drinks and he goes and he travels to different countries and things like that and the in terms of like what is realistic really the the very minor in my opinion very minor thing that's not realistic is they set it up so that you think this guy has like friends from all over the world. And he's like, I met with my friend George and we went and had a cocktail at blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know any of these fucking people. They met him on Craigslist and they're oh. like, okay, show us around the city or whatever. But that, that to me is like, I, I weigh it on an individual basis. Cause I honestly think that shows like intervention are really fascinating and it's technically probably considered like a docudrama instead of a reality TV series, but it's under the umbrella of like reality TV. And I'm, I think that that stuff, is is really cool and and useful like catfish catfish i think is exploitative to a certain degree um and people 
are stuck in a really shitty position and put on national television and really embarrassed. But there are some truths about like humanity that I think are found in that show that are really important about like how people are afraid to be their authentic selves and like the layers of complexity and sensitive subject matter that are, you know, behind all that. But here, here's why, and I've never seen Vanderpump Rules, so I, I can't get specific with like examples as to why, like maybe it's like Jersey Shore. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm imagining. It's just like a bunch of people partying and being young and stupid, but no, real, this, this, the, the only how, difference is they're old and stupid. Okay, so well, and don't they go. work at a restaurant? Oh yeah, those I guess those kids. I was thinking of the Real Housewives. Yeah, it's oh. so, they actually so, work, so you know that's one step above. <laughs> well, okay, so so what I have a problem with about Real Housewives, from what I've seen of it, and I have been like my mom watched it is when I was like still in the house with them, so I've like witnessed it by proxy, um, and I had been a part of a research study thing where I was like in the house with for like three days or whatever amongst all these people and we would share like a living area and the women would like watch Real Housewives so I I don't watch it a lot but the what? one thing that I, I think know, I'm like, wait a, wait a minute yeah, I know I know I realized that that's just yeah I realized that's a whole different thing Explain. so remember when David Hunt you remember yeah. what I'll this is I'll explain it really for you. When David Huntsberger was on Alison Rosen's show and he's like, yeah, I used to like take part in research studies and get paid a decent amount of money and they okay, just like was, drew buttons and observed me. It was a me, three and that's what I, day long thing. Yeah, yeah. Overnight studies. Yeah, because they, they give you a, a, a minor dose of a drug, but they need to monitor you Whoa. extensively that time oh so the study wasn't about watching reality tv it's just that the <laughs> yeah. people wish you were watching it okay okay how the drug there's... affects your reality tv show watching happen <laughs> yeah that was that was reality study nice. i get um, it now. but okay so what i hate about the real housewives and i'm saying this coming from someone who I think why I like I was trying to think about why I take it so like almost personally and I think the reason is because most of my like adult personal work has had to do with undoing some negative like communications and negative interpersonal relationship stuff that I had come out of in like my environment growing up with my mom yelling and being verbally abusive and things like that so when I see these women on TV yelling at each other at the top of their lungs. Uh, like, I don't have kids or anything, so I feel weird, like, having feelings about what younger kids are thinking. But I'm like, you know, there are people growing up whose mom are watching the show who I think if we give it enough time, like you said, that this kind of thing is reminiscent of a lot of other types of things like WWE wrestling and whatnot growing up. But, like, Real Housewives, having grown women yelling at each other yes, and having that be glorified and, like, oh, they're so rich and blah, blah, blah. Like, I actually think that's dangerous for, like, a person to think is okay in their more formative years. And I feel the same about um, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, having a generation thinking, and again... You can say, like, Bobes, you're a smart girl, and I, I think if you did watch these shows, you have the sense to, like, advise your children otherwise, and so does Allison, and so does Jenna, 
But there are a lot of people, as they spoke to on the Thursday episode, like it is a bubble in this area. Yeah. Oh, oh and we're going to have a whole new generation of kids growing up actually in a reality show. And what is next for them? Because that's a whole new thing that like, right. Like honey boo boo. Get famous. Yeah. Right. Or even like YouTubers. Oh, think about yes. all the families out there trying to get famous by being YouTubers. Yep. Yeah. Megan, you voted no thing. What is it? <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. That's right. I forgot and, to. And now I, I only know that because I wrote it down. <laughs> you, you have talked so much about reality TV and I do not want you to stop. I have more questions for you. I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules. Um, I have learned from Allison that I am not interested in Vanderpump Rules. But I don't like Jeff. He said he doesn't unenjoy the reality TV <laughs> yes. talk. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm like, okay, it doesn't really apply to me because I don't know who they're talking. I don't know all the characters and stuff. But, like, they're talking about it in an intelligent way and a right. self-aware way. So right. it doesn't bother me. Like, it's I'm not going to, for you know... If she did start a Vanderpump Rules podcast, I would probably listen once or twice. But if it just turned into like, let's talk about who this did, they did that and what, I, oh my gosh, I would not listen to that. Yeah. And that's not what it is when they talk about it. it so kind of I horrifies can me that Daniel listens to the Stasi podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of horrifying. But <laughs> uh, your view on it, Emily, is a very ESTP of you. So I, I agree. um but yeah i i agree with megan the the fact that it is uh, in general the population of people that are being raised on reality tv or that don't have good sense and they're thinking this is how people should live i mean this is how and you know what what greg was saying why would you go to the to the 201st horrible dinner party where you're going to get into a fight i wouldn't go to the second one and I watch right. those and I feel the same way also, Megan, what you were saying, how you have certain relationships with people that turns you away from the show. That's why it turns me to it for some reason. I feel like they're going to resolve something and they never do. And then I have this anxiety. I'm like, why am I watching this show? It's because I'll watch it and I'll say, oh, right. I, re- I relate to this person and they're having a similar problem with this person and let's see how they work it out and they never do and they never communicate they talk about it to everybody else and then I think oh they're gonna see themselves on the show and say I need to learn from my mistakes I see I was the one that was wrong there they never do so in other words I'm never fulfilled (laughs) sure and it also one of my I wouldn't call him a friend anymore but he's like an acquaintance now I guess uh, was a camera op for The Real Housewives. And this was a long time ago that I talked to him about this. Um, like, long, long time ago. 2007, 2008, 2010, at, like, the latest. And I, so it was more, like, the its beginning stages. But they might, like, be well off now, technically, financially but he said at the time he was shooting the the real housewives of beverly hills they were like fucking broke like a lot of these people are either living off of oh like during, or right after the crash the, that that could that could be i don't know but either way like interesting now i'm sure they do have a lot of money coming in he also shot for teen mom 
And like the first season, Ugh. they they didn't make any money. But after the like, if it becomes popular, those teenage moms used to uh, when they became popular and in demand would make two hundred thousand dollars a year oh. to be on that show. So it's like it becomes sort of financially beneficial where even though you're coming off as a total jackass, if you're willing to sell your soul, which like a lot of people are with the absolutely they don't keep doing it. Think about all the people that just have jobs that pay them two hundred thousand dollars that they have to do all sorts of things they don't believe in or you know Right. And I I do think for Everyone refers to how, like, the Vanderpump people are still working at the restaurant and everything like that. I'm sure that's actually probably part of the contract of being on the show. Because mm-hmm. oh, if, sure. someone, if someone graduated on, like, if they're like, fuck this, I have a million dollars, I'm out of here. Like, that that means the show doesn't go anymore. So they need the producers of that show. They really, really want them to keep waitressing at this restaurant. So I'm I'm sure that there is some sort of deal worked out where it's like, you're going to be on the show. You're going to be there and be serving people. And I don't care if you have like $5 million, you're going to keep doing this. If you want to keep making millions and millions of more dollars. There was a uh, one girl that was on the show for, I don't, I don't think she was on for a whole season, but she was a new waitress and she was dating Jax. And <laughs> then she was not on the show anymore. And I saw her on let's make a deal trying to make money. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's sad. She, she did not win. <laughs> oh, she did not make a deal. Laura Lively. Megan, you mentioned Catfish, and I haven't watched the TV show, but I loved the movie. And mm-hmm. I would say that watching that movie was kind of like a big turning point in me. And like, because when I saw the movie, I completely believed it was all true, that that all had really happened. And then... Mm-hmm. I read like Wikipedia pages or whatever. I always go and read Wiki- Wikipedia after I watch a movie. And it was like there's some controversy about, well, maybe it was all staged in the first place and this didn't really happen. And I was like, oh, no. And then it was kind of like, but even if it wasn't real, even if they set up that whole situation, it still was an amazing story. And I understand why they wanted to present it. In a, in a way, it's similar to how at the beginning of Fargo, it says based on a true story. That's a complete right. lie. So, mm. and those yeah, are probably really, two really that are, right, I completely yeah. agree. And I, it is different, but um, I think there is some value in making you think something is real while you're watching it so that you are more invested huh. In the outcome, I, I I don't know about. I never heard about that controversy that it didn't like that that was that the movie was set up and that would kind of piss me off. I think. Yeah, but it, I do know. Like in documentaries, so this is also a general like, at least what I found with the documentaries that I've worked on so far, um, they not nearly as much, but they have a story that they want to tell and they you like. They definitely pick and choose within the footage to tell the story they want to tell. Uh, oh, yeah. So documentaries certainly aren't necessarily completely true either. Like there was one that I worked on where they were making this guy the villain, and I just didn't think he was that bad. And 
I had watched a bunch of raw footage of him or whatever and what they made him look like in the end result of the film made me feel kind of icky because I was like, this fucking guy is, you know, going to go forward with a bunch of these people thinking thinking he's one way when I didn't feel like he was. And I spent a lot of time like watching stuff with him. And, and plus it is a big thing to like let a camera crew in your life. And that's kind of a huge betrayal. If you're giving people your time and like entering, like having them enter into your private, you know, your, your privacy and, and they're like, eh, we're going to make you look like an asshole. And that's just Absolutely. because that's who you are in this film. So there is definitely some skepticism that people should have, with documentaries as well yeah a guy wrote to my roller derby team was like i want to do a documentary on you guys and um the marketing chair and i were talking like we need to figure out we need to have meetings about this it needs to be like we can't do it when we're concentrating on actually like playing games like strategizing basically about how this is going to be, you know, how we're going to present ourselves, what our overarching message is going to be. And mm. one of the girls on the team was like, what do you mean? He just wants to come up and film us and then he's no. going to make a movie. Yeah. And I was like, no, so that just, is not going to happen. <laughs> so th- this just happened about like a couple months ago. Um, I got a, this opportunity, This the biggest opportunity I and this is how strongly I feel about, like, the integrity of documentary film and things like that. I got brought into this co-editor position for a doc, which is not a position I ever got on a doc before. I had been an assistant, which is much lower pay. Like, not- yeah, it's much lower paying, I would say. And not as prestigious, but, like, I got an opportunity to be a co-editor on a doc film, which was huge. And I was making double the money that I made at my job where I'm at now and the director had a lot of A-list connections so she like kind of grew up with Sandra Bullock and her husband works directly with George Clooney and she has like Beyonce connections all these insane connections that I was like super super stoked about and she was making she was a, a first time director and she had no fucking clue what she was talking about um and it was about a subject that I thought there was a lot of potential in and I thought was really meaningful. Um, but she wanted to turn it into, and again, I'm being general just because I sign paperwork when I get on the job and I don't want to get sued by fucking like George Clooney's people or whatever. But this woman was going to take this story that was so powerful. And again, in, in the assistant editor position, like, my job is to look through all the raw footage. So you see everything. It's like, if there's one position where you really see what's going on, like the real story, this that's the job I have. And it was beautiful. And the, there's it's about these women who are in a position where they're typically taken for granted, and they have very powerful stories. And she wanted to turn it into this petty fucking bullshit that more or less was going to play out like a reality TV show. Like she was going to build up this petty drama that had nothing to do with the soul of what this film could be. And I was there for two weeks and I said, no thanks. And I fucking left because I can't, I cannot like tolerate that kind of like fucking movies and TV. I'm obsessed with how, what like a powerful medium it is. And I, I think that, 
more than anything, like putting shit out there. Like, yeah, there's going to be bad stuff out there, but just a waste of a very powerful medium. And and to turn it into like petty bullshit is just like my ultimate. Like, I cannot fucking do it. Um. So so yeah, that's another documentary film that when it gets out there, God help us all. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, be be very wary about. And again, this was about people where she's going into this situation. So yeah, this is where the thought spurred from was you talking about your roller derby team. This is, these were women who were in positions where they deserve respect. And, uh, and they were given the idea that this was going to be about glorifying them in, in those positions, really, and finally earning them respect. And then she got this bug up her ass that she wanted to tear that down. And I think you can be very manipulative when you're in that position to people that are like eager to be seen. And, uh, yeah, I would not recommend anyone ever getting a documentary made about them (laughs) (laughs) ever. I I think that documentaries are at the whim of the, like the, the director or whoever's making it, because like you said, it's you, you get access to all of all of the possible stories. Mm -hmm. So, so whatever, and I think probably a lot of times you get a situation and you let the narrative develop as you f- film more and such. But uh, it, you, it takes a good person at the helm to tell, tell the story, the yes. best story and the, the most necessary story of, of all the possible ones. But like you said, it can really go in any direction and that's scary in a way. Yeah, the, it's up to the director and if they... The editors it, too. It, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, it's you would like to think that if you like get to know like whoever's going to be making this movie about the roller derby or if they still want to or whatever. Like I was shocked by uh, seeing this director interact with these women in the footage because I met her through the footage before, like, long before I met her and knew what her intentions were, and I had really thought that seeing her deal with these women that she was genuine about her purpose there. So it just shocked me to like, see what she decided to like the, the direction that she decided to go. So yeah, Mm. don't trust anybody again. I'll be curious to hear about more of that story. (laughs) Sure. I'm I'm digging in. I can't wait to hear what, who, when. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. I I think there's hope for it because I don't want to get into that, but I'll tell you more about it later. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Did so, you? Yes. Well, I have a little bit more. Yes. I, go. You know, let's just talk about reality TV shows some more. <laughs> because I watch Big Brother, and it's in its 18th season now, and I Holy have fuck. seen the evolution. Yeah, so does I mean Big Brother? It's like this reality. Everybody's in a house, competitions. People get voted out. That's you know, it's like Survivor in a warehouse in L.A. Pretty much. But I watched season one all the way every season, and now I see the lines being fed to the to these people and them saying, and it's like even mm-hmm. this season, like I'm I'm watching, but I. I don't get into it as much as I used to, um, and especially not early on in the season, because I just basically am waiting to to see who makes it till you know, like final eight or something. But I 
I mean, it's it's brothers and sisters of people who have been on before. It's like Whoa. so obviously like fame whores, mm-hmm. or you know, and it's it's it just doesn't feel. It's it's still a fun show. It's still you know interesting, but I see the evolution of that what you're talking about of the producing, the writing, the, you know, and, and what I really liked about it in the beginning was, you know, just them sitting around talking about random stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I loved real world when it was on so long ago. I I like that kind of stuff. Did you ever watch, um, little people, big world? I did. I, my favorite part about that show was that, she apparently never hired a house cleaner. I, I I don't know. I haven't watched it lately, but as of, you know, five years ago or whatever, her house was like a normal, messy house with four kids. And I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. seeing all the crap on the stairs. And I was like, <laughs> that is reality, you know? Yeah. And that is a good message, too. Because, like, in a way, being a little person is... I don't know if this is true technically, but it's like a considered a disability, I think. So to see a like a physical disability, I would imagine. So to to like put it out there, like, hey, look at this cool family. They're like they're normal in a lot of like to to normal sized people, and and they're thriving. The fucking dad is out with like Trackers heavy heavy shit. machinery. Yeah, and shit. <laughs> like that was that was super cool. Yeah. They don't answer the door in heels and diamonds. No. <laughs> uh, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about some real Twilight Zone shit, as Allison calls her pregnancy sense of smell. Uh, two of yeah. us have been pregnant, and I know that Toby has is married to someone who was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we even talked about it on the last time that you were here, possibly some of the smells and stuff. But Emily, what did you have that super crazy sense of smell? I did. You know, I it's my kids are 12 and 9, so it's been a, kind of a long time since I've been pregnant. But I do remember smelling lots of weird things. I don't think I had this superpower where my pee did not smell like asparagus. <laughs> that would have been nice. I remember I drooled a lot. <laughs> like when I was sleeping. Pregnancy, like, you just have to, like, embrace the, like, yep. animal that is your body. <laughs> and it's just, like, doing its thing. I love the way you said that because you can dress yourself up as much as you want. You're still an animal going through some, like, primal changes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the smells, I shared this before, but at our old house when I was pregnant with my first son, with, with my son, um, I... I could smell the cabinets all, all of a sudden, like what? the smell of the wood. So if I, it's like I could smell the chemicals coming off of them or something. So I would go into the kitchen and feel nauseous. So I would have to run in and hold wow. my breath and like, okay, we're eating out or we're doing something because I could not go in there without feeling like I needed to gag. I would go in and just cover my mouth, cook, run out or just run in and grab something. But I could smell wow. that wood. And after I didn't smell it anymore, I didn't have that with my daughter it's just such a weird thing, but I'll still ha- every once in a while I'll smell that smell somewhere else, and it'll remind me of like oh that smell. But I also had aversions to words, which I talked about before, like the word mango, what? mango or or shrimp, 
and if I heard like an ad on the radio for some sort of shrimp tacos oh, or mango okay. something, and it was just the word the word mango or shrimp or I hate the word mango. I hate the fruit mango. <laughs> I, I hate too. the flavor <laughs> of mangoes. Mangoes can go fuck themselves. You know what? This is uh. a good, this is a good time to to mention Brittany. Uh, she agrees. She <laughs> says they have. Oh yeah, the, the Easter egg. <laughs> yes, the Easter egg that is Brittany. Is. She says that mangoes have a pukey top note, and I agree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Both um, kinds. <laughs> All kinds. <laughs> I don't. I like the one kind more than mangoes. the other. My I don't even kids, know. There's two kinds. There's like the Is yellow ones, and then <laughs> I don't know. There are little ones that are hard to cut up, and then there's big ones that are hard to cut up. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, wasn't I? There a time in your life of fruit. Wasn't there a time in your life when you were tweeting things about food that made no fucking yeah. sense? Like, yes. me, everyone, does a mango taste like ketchup? I'm like, what no, the fuck are you talking about? It smelled like tuna to me. <laughs> yeah, you had the weirdest, <laughs> I, the weirdest I, food things I've ever seen. I did not get favorited on that. Uh, I still <laughs> hold to that. It smells like tuna. I also said that uh, coffee shops smell like diarrhea. Um, what else? Well, I think coffee gives you diarrhea, so you're... Like, I wish you would give me, I wish you would do something for me. Speak, oh, that's what it does. I do. I do try and you know sometimes it works, sometimes it does. Um, All right. I am like the craziest. <laughs> I'm the craziest constipation person. Um, oh, but I'll go scary. through phases of things working and not. But it's funny that you, Allison oh. was saying that she is now constipated. When I was pregnant, that was the only time it was smooth sailing. Everything was good. My system was working. Same- Right, Bobes. Would you would you say that you are the enigma of the enema? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to pride myself on that. Yes, no. I think you should. I love that. I'm an enigma wrapped in the mystery of an ene- wrapped an in enema. an enema. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be a coffee enema. Let's bring it all around there. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't like mangoes. And anyways, yeah, so I had aversions to words, smells. What smells were you were you averted to, Emily? <laughs> I just asked my husband and he can't even remember any. I don't think I maybe had that many. I think it was just like day to day. Like I was like, mm-hmm. ugh, you know, but yes. I don't remember like an overarching or like. Yes, yeah. my, my husband's lunchbox. Uh, that was another one. I could like smell like layers of. I don't know what. Husband has a lunchbox. Yes. (laughs) So I pack him his lunch at night. So, and even to this day, because I I still do, but um, I'll catch a whiff of something that reminds me of that. And I don't, I never smell it anymore. But sometimes when I don't pack his lunchbox anymore, I pack his lunches and just put them in the fridge. But when I see his lunchbox, I hold my breath and it's not even the same one from back then but I'm just so afraid of smelling and gagging that I still hold my breath (laughs) without even knowing it but what I'll think about I'm like oh my god I'm holding my breath what am I doing did you like I never had I I had nauseousness I had nausea I got nauseous but I never actually threw up I don't think I think I maybe did once but yeah and exactly what Allison said is it's like being hungover and it's not just in the morning it's all day all day. And but you can't see the end of the tunnel. Yes. The little mm-hmm. eating helped. But then yes, as soon like as I was done eating. Handfuls of almonds. I just would like eat almonds all day long. I did the saltines and um, 
lemon drops for the first one because I was like, I just need something like just a little something in your mouth just to like trick your body to not be sick. But I constantly everywhere that I was, I would think if I have to throw up, where can I do it? But I never had to. I always had that every store I was at. Okay, if I I can throw up in that aisle over there, no one's going to see me or whatever. But which is, yeah, she's going to have this whole crazy experience with all of these things and i'm glad i just love it she gets i do too yes yeah she gets it because she's going through all the stuff that i never went through with beforehand and we're just like but we're on the 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 path with her and the adventure and now with this part i can relate more to it but and it's and i'm going to be reliving all my own things right along with her or think oh i'm so glad i didn't have that or whatever but and then you know once she has um one kid, two kids, however many kids they end up having. And between her and Jenna talking about parenting and how different it is than you expect and the things that you have to do as a parent, like they hate public restrooms. I know they've both talked about it separately on their shows and together on Sorry Not Sorry and on Allison's show. But when you have a kid, you have to put, you have to literally like just wave the flag and just be like, cool, I'm going to go into battle to all these places that I never want to go and never want to have. The kids want to touch oh, everything. And yes. You're, they're just all over. And oh, and the little yeah, tiny restroom stalls where you're in there. Okay, good. So uh, am I supposed to change my tampon in front of them? Cool. But guess what? Yep. Guess what? Or, or yep. If, or if you have d- number three, my husband had diarrhea in front of my, and my son is just like, okay, you have to turn around because I have to, oh. like, I feel sick now and you have to go do this. Like, this, these are the things you just have to do. Yeah. You can't be gross. Nothing's gross anymore. You have to just, like, get over it. And I still cringe every time I'm like, I, I don't want to have to go into a public restroom. I hate it. And then all the things, you know, when you're wearing Spanx and they yell, why are you wearing two pairs of underwear, mom? <laughs> <laughs> Like everything is a bummer about it. Even today I was reminded we went to CVS because my kids are, they sound, seem like they're getting a little bit sick. So we went to go get some medicine and we walked past a trash can and my son's like, oh, that's a trash can I threw up in. I'm like, yes. Okay. There's been two times that my kids had to throw up where I'm in line buying something and I tell them, go find a trash can. I can't, like I'm stuck right here in the middle of the whole process and I, one time my daughter, I told her to walk outside of the Albertsons grocery store and just throw up out there because I didn't want her to do it right there. And then oh my, my son, gosh. it was just maybe a couple months ago. So I just said, all right, there, just find a trash can because I don't want you to be, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed. You want to protect them, but there's there's no way you can get anywhere fast enough. So it was just like, just find a trash can quick. But and that moment where they can't, where it's not just yes. like they oh. look at you and then throw up on you. Oh, that, I, where yeah. they, the, the, the growth of where they can actually like have the wherewithal to like tell you and you, they have enough time to get to a place. Yep. It's a beautiful moment in parenting. <laughs> That's, that reminds me of story when my son was younger and he couldn't. And my, de- my, my husband grabbed him to take him outside because he knew it was happening. And it was like from the restaurant seat all the way out to the front. Like, where you're thinking, I don't want to th- him to throw up on somebody's table, so you're trying to aim it certain ways, and it's just like, right. ah, like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a beautiful moment, but you just <laughs> these things you have to go through as a parent is just, yeah. Oh. Toby, am I right? <laughs> oh yeah, all of those things. <laughs> oh, I I got the flu when I was pregnant with my son, and I I 
I'm generally healthy. I don't throw up a lot. I don't get the flu every year like some people, but I got it bad. And it was, I remember I was throwing up in the toilet and I had diarrhea at the same time. Oh, it was, oh, I, I, it's like, I think you know I'm how it's like, I know, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know how it's like, dramatic. it's like, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then like the next worst thing that's ever happened to me is like one eighth of that. Like, like that is just so bad. Like I, I, I threw away everything I had on. I just like, oh, that was, that was the worst moment of my life. That's like your body just rejecting everything that it's been everything. taught. <laughs> and I was pregnant and like, it's just, I was just like hoping to like not expel the baby. Oh, oh. I think, I think that was, uh, remember when, um, when Dustin was on the show where he pooped his pants, wasn't that his thing where he was like needing the diarrhea so bad and puke at the same time? And that's when it happened. I think so. And he like, he couldn't figure out if he should sit on the toilet. And, yeah. Yes. And I, was like, I would have rather been sitting and just puked. Uh, I didn't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Sorry, Whoa. everybody. Hope you're not eating. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you're not eating mangoes. <laughs> Um, God. Okay, so let's 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 uh, do a little poll of our own. Megan, gas, getting gas or peeing? Gas in your car or peeing? Um, getting gas is pretty burdensome. So yeah, and you live in LA too, so that's rough. right. Like they, that was that was total like that was all truth. What they're saying about about LA's gas station—they're unpleasant. I used to actually—I can't say my. Gas stations from home were, like, beautiful, as they were saying. But I used to hang out at gas stations because my friends would work there. Like, that's... <laughs> did, you bite like, that's to- did you bite your cho- bite your toenails at those gas stations while you're hanging out? Not at the... <laughs> no. But my friends did know about it, and they were also aghast. Um, but, like, I knew when they were... You know, they had... It, it had one of those, like, uh, heated, like, snack things where there's, like, there was cheese curds there, as no mm-hmm. nobody else knows I'm talking about, but the fried cheese I curds, there's cheese curds, curds like, yes. there you, oh, yes, you would know, okay, so, like, yeah, yeah. chicken tenders and all of their, like, food that you keep under heat lamps, I knew what time they yeah. threw it out, <laughs> so I would, I would go there, the and so fucking good, oh, I miss it Please tell me you didn't eat it out of the trash can like Allison. No, they, okay. no, they give it I've done that discount? before, too. But they just gave it to me because they're going to throw it out. It's like wow. I knew like, OK, at 9 p.m., my two friends are working at this gas station. They're going to throw out like a pound of fried food and I'm going to be there. And then <laughs> I would just sit there and eat and bullshit with them at the gas station. Like it was my I was a hick, everybody. Well, okay, free, Freeloading Parkansky's heading into town. <laughs> Pretty much. So. So, yeah, like uh, got, But yeah, I mean, my relationship has has ever so changed from from way back when and i i think that it's gross um but i do have to pee a lot um so but yeah i think getting gas to rid of that that would be fine because there is an element of like private time and an excuse when you're at a party to get away from somebody Mm -hmm. like if you're in a conversation with someone you're like how do i get out of this like oh i'm gonna go to the bathroom okay is a great way to get out of it so it's like that's true or i have to go put gas in my car (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I really need gas. 
Yeah, that excuse is off the table. So it's, it's, on fumes. it could be worse. It could be worse. I think I would. Uh, I think I would and not have to pee. I, but tooth teeth brushing is probably topping all of those. I hate it. Really? Yeah, I hate it. I like brushing my teeth. Ugh. It's only like thirty seconds a night. But you're supposed to be two minutes, two times a day. Nope, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> So once you've already for 30 seconds in saying. the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I brush my teeth oh my once a day gosh. for like 30 seconds. I and I have really a thousand think... cavities, but, uh, huh. oh, but well, I can I do too, but I, I had some toenails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I brush my teeth. I wish shower. I never would have said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so glad that you did. Um. I, <laughs> I, I used to chew my toenails when I was younger. Yeah, I did too. I, 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 I mentioned that. I don't do it still. I'm going to see There was just some du- judgment in, in the last little part of, of Oh, come of on. Still, folks. <laughs> Toby, but yeah, you, it's fine. Would you rather get gas, lose getting gas in your car or peeing? A hundred percent peeing because yeah. I pee all the time. And uh, I, I like going to music festivals and concerts. Uh. And I spend a lot of time driving or flying or at, at just the idea of losing that part of thinking about that before I leave the house or like in between bands or stuff like that. I just if I could get rid of that that would be so much better and it is but, funny how it sneaks up on you where I'm like oh right I have to do this 300 times today like oh I need to pee now great like it's oh, like I forget about it or something and it's zero to 100 for me like I wake up and I'm parched so I drink like a glass of water and then I have a coffee or two uh, and then I have another glass of water and, and then I'm like, oh my God, it's zero to a hundred. I need to pee like five minutes ago. It feels like, <laughs> and then it's but here, like, go ahead. Sorry. So you're not I just going to pee, pee yourself like Greg does at, at band watching bands. No, you know what? I've seen a lot of concerts and although, you know, if, if it were something like that, where I got right up against the stage, I'd, I don't know. I don't think so. If I knew it was going to be a situation like that, I'd probably buy that stadium pal. Oh, brother. (laughs) I'm not saying I have one. I'm saying if I knew that that situation was coming, I would think about that given my propensity to pee 100,000 times. (laughs) What what is your gas station situation like, though, is the real question. In Canada? Or specifically here, I guess? Yeah, there's probably puppies at your gas station. Puppies! (laughs) Or something, I I don't know. I mean, they range from, like small and kind of crappy too but mostly they're well lit and there's tons of candy and food yeah. and a lot of times gas they'll is really be like, expensive in canada though oh my god out of control really yeah. right now it's i mean it's hard to equate the difference because we are liters instead of gallons uh, uh and so it's uh, price okay. per liter instead of so like you have to multiply by whatever that is 3.8 it's so hard yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. The math is really hard, but I figured it out once, and it, it's very expensive. It is definitely yeah. more expensive here, but it's relative to what it's been like. I have I have a cabin of like four or five hours from where I live, and uh, travel there a few times a year. And it it used to be that this probably won't mean much to you, but it was a dollar forty one per liter two summers ago and now it's 96 cents per liter so now the difference is like it costs nearly half price and so for me that's amazing 
but Whoa. it's still way it's still more expensive than it is there because you you've had the same fluctuations right in price but yes it's consistently lower price there yeah but i'm going to michigan tomorrow so i'll fill up there right yeah we decided next time we're going into canada we're going to take like 20 gallons of gas with us and it's not a bad it. plan. Yeah. Do you come up with no, like... it just to put it in our vehicle? Oh, we have right. a little RV that we take like on a little road trip and oh, just nice. so we have that much less to buy in Canada. That that so. makes the most sense. Yeah. You could sell the gas too though. Like the that dude that goes into Trader Joe's in the United States and brings it into Canada. He does. Oh. Pirate pi- Pirate Joe, yeah. Pirate what? Joe? Are you Why don't I know about this? Greater Joe is like the one thing missing from... So it's not a company. It's like an actual dude who's like a rebel and goes shopping in the United States at Trader Joe's and then goes to Canada and sells them independently and it's called Pirate Joe's. You could be that for gas. I I could. Make make millions. My middle name is even Joe J-O. Ooh, Ooh, I could be gas pirate, 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 pirate Joe. Gas Pirate Joe. <laughs> this is your does calling. He sell, does he sell two buck chuck for like six dollars? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, d- I don't remember what the price difference was. I smell a documentary. Ooh. <gasps> I'm on it. It's yours. I'll, I'll be your uh, assistant because I would love to go to Canada. Yeah, you can just follow me around and be like, that's a documentary. And then I'll here. Here's one right here. It's happening. <laughs> um, I was a, a little tempted just because of how obsessive I am uh, with Allison and documentaries. When the shit was going down with Corolla, it felt so dramatic. I'm like, oh, I should be filming this. Oh my gosh, I would have loved to see like how the Colonel Jeff thing happened. Like all of right? the, that was all some, the oh, behind the scenes. Yes, all yes. of the scenes stuff where it's like, hmm, from this mm. point of view, and then from that yes. point of view, it and would have been a niche audience. But I would have watched that documentary. Oh, did I make this up, or did I'm pretty sure the old Thursday Gang came to her house one time, didn't they? Yes, yeah, one time. <gasps> that episode one was. Time. I loved that episode. Me too. It was awesome. I don't quite remember it, but I bet it was just like kids on a playground. Like they were out of the Corolla building and they could just be like, the For me, that episode was like overall the the current Thursday gang, I think, is better than the old one. But Mm -hmm, I do think that if we had a larger sample size of what that one episode was like, that is when you would get the true comparison between the two. Although, like, I I would Uh, never trade in the current one. But I think if you were going to make a true comparison between the two groups, you would have to have a long run of what that episode was like and then compare it to the current long run of the current group. I agree. Yep. Yeah, because Kalen just came up, started coming out of his shell on that episode. So there was just the whole was, world of Kalen untapped. Yes, that, that was the one episode where he talked, and I'm like, okay, Kaylin's this is the beginning. Corner. This was like the yep. beginning and the end all in one episode. Mm-hmm. And you felt yeah. like you could really feel everyone was relaxed. Nobody hesitated to say anything. Everything was like flowing, like, which, of oh, course, man. is what the group is like now, and that's what makes it so good is they're all comfortable talking about every aspect of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder how that came. Like, oh nope, you guys aren't even allowed to go to her yeah. house and re- like. I yeah, can't like even imagine. cease and desist. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. 
that explains it all. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wasn't here for whenever that was, 10 minutes. But I really like Greg's behind-the-scenes knowledge of the entertainment industry. Whenever he talks about the back-end stuff, I don't know if you guys touched on that at all, but I really enjoy his input about, from his angle, everything that he's experienced. I like that input. It's really neat to hear him talk about that. And even though he sounds like an idiot sometimes, (laughs) he's very, very experienced in the industry, so he he gets it. And so it's nice to hear from his angle, like, oh, this is what that means. This is what this term means. This is how you do these things. And I, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, and he's he's a six like he's I he underplays or just doesn't talk about the kind of success he's had. Um, yeah, like yeah. after months and months on the show, he dropped the bomb that like he was interviewed for a position with Chelsea Handler, and yeah. uh, what was the one that he brought up last week that he was or was a cut? No, it wasn't that reason. Uh, there was fuck John's the shit. What political TV show was it that he was interviewed for where he was just honest and was like, yeah, I'm not really interested. It must have been because it wasn't Jon Stewart. Like he, yeah, he doesn't, uh, he brings it. He just isn't like name dropping. Like I went on his Instagram and was checking out his pictures and he's like on set with Shaquille O'Neal and all these people. It's like, he never talks about it though. Yeah, it's so neat just I to like hear this. Every episode, it feels like there's a whole new thing from either Jenna or Al's life that they've never talked about before. That seems right. like a big thing. Like, Al was talking about going to school for a hospital CEO this episode. I'm, <laughs> oh, my God. That's like a whole trajectory of his life that he's never mentioned. <laughs> and I thought, I'm like, man, like, that's he has done some stuff over his time. I know. He's only 30. He's done everything. I know. Yeah, yeah. it's like... and. Now he's pretty successful, and that's after bailing on his plan to be a hospital CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, he still went and got his master's in business, and then he's like, right, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and the other thing combined with that is, like, Jenna's family, she's got a cool family, you know, between her brother, like, her her doing stand-up, and her brother does that thing, and her sister being a big deal over in, was it Thailand, or? Thailand, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it I just, didn't realize that, that they were famous over there. I know she she had relatives. Yeah. There, wow. Yeah, I want to be able to Google them, and I realized that she probably doesn't. You know, you couldn't Google the sister with the last name Jones and find anything. Right. I really like to, I know, to yeah. see. Like, I'd like to read up on them. Because uh, yeah. I am a Tony Robbins fan, so if he's the Tony Robbins of Thailand, I want to know about that shit. Mm-hmm. You could probably figure it out by the national anthem version. The Thailand. Oh, right. Searching like who national sings anthem. national anthem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Googling. All right. My, uh, the last few things I have written down are I loved when Jenna said, when, okay, Jeff was talking about draining one shampoo bottle into another and uh, with his like blue lighting tape. And somebody was like, you just have that lying around. And Jenna goes, you kidding me? That's on his house, but. In this house belt. That totally made me crack up. Yeah. Because I totally picture him having a house belt. Totally. <laughs> like, all right, I'm home now. Here's my belt that I wear at home for all my home needs. <laughs> that, that whole conversation was really good. It actually goes with the JMO that I picked, but I was going to let you guys go first. When the person asked about the bug, what bugs in the rainstorm, like how they can crawl in the... Mm. 
And I, I thought that was, I thought that one was funny because for two reasons, I think Greg nailed it on the head. Like they just don't, they don't have a way out of that situation. And outside they would have their tunnels and anthills and stuff like that, that they could hide in. But it made me laugh because just last week I, my daughter had a pool, like a kiddie pool outside and I left it out overnight and there was 400 dead ants in it in the morning. <laughs> and she was Aww. like, she ran outside and she like scooped them out trying to save Aww. them all. And like, so that just, it reminded me of that. So I, I picked that one from Monday. That's cute. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have artwork that I have never hung up on my walls and I don't even have it leaned up against the wall in most of the house. Like there, it's just in random closets and unframed and, yeah, that's like a big project that I would love to tackle someday. I think I I think everybody does that. And then when I go into a house that has stuff on the walls, I'm so jealous. And I still I have this project where I bought all the frames for these photos for us to put our family photos up. Still haven't done that. I have pictures lying next to walls, but I finally hunkered down into one room just maybe last month and started putting up some of these things that I've been collecting that I love these pieces of crap to everybody else that I've, that are like these ugly old lady, you know, whatever things that I love. And I'll go into that room and it makes me feel so good. I'm like, why haven't I done this in four years that we've lived here? It's just, yeah, I don't understand it. It's, it's crazy. And I think it's really crazy that Greg's wife keeps hers in her trunk of her car. Yeah. Well, it's cause she moved offices, I think. And it's been in but, there for how long? I don't know. It's, I know. She yeah. seems so um, organized that kind of, threw me off about really <laughs> well um i'll uh the one i picked was from mallory which is mal is your pal friend of the show uh she says feel a bit of joy when i finished a container of something that i've had a while shampoo salad dressing hand soap butter etc number one i think it's a jama repeat but that's okay because it sparked a good conversation a great conversation actually which which you talked a little bit about emily but also uh, I didn't realize that uh, Colonel Heloise Fox was going to give me the most awesome tip ever to use a chopstick to transfer the the remains of like lotion or shampoo into a new bottle to put the chopstick in there to keep it from falling over. Because I literally, my husband will come home and he'll just see like the leaning towers in the bathroom of, okay, I guess it's time to change over now. And everything's kind of like on itself and whatever, but... That was the greatest tip ever. Um, I couldn't really imagine how that would work. You put a, half of the chopstick in one side and half of the chopstick in the other, so it just keeps it balanced on top of each other. Oh, it and then just still, eventually it yeah. will all fall down into yes. the other thing. Because yeah, okay, I, I balance it already, and then sometimes I'll come in and it has fallen. But right. and then, It could still kind of tip over. It could. Even with the chopstick. But the chopstick is a... An improvement. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm usually, I'm pretty good at, I'm pretty good at it, but um, I think that's a good one. Uh, they also talked about adding the soap bars together, which I'm so glad that it was like the perfect show for it to come up because Colonel Jeff is the producer on Larry Miller's show. And that's like a huge segment on his show is trying to see how many bars they can get together, you know, put together. And they called it the fivefecta, which I was trying to coin pentafecta. And I know that Bruce by Don is a huge fan of Milleronia, etc. We need to start that. But anyways, that was a side note. I don't know if any of you use bar soap, but I think 
Ayala is right that we need to divorce the bar soap because it seems very weird. Yeah, and I had a really hard time imagining, like, Greg Greg Heller was trying to describe what he would do with, like, a certain other soap, and everyone seemed to be on the same page with, like... The soap inlay? What the... Yeah, and I'm like, I can't... I'm trying to picture what this would look like, and I know it had something to do with, like, wherever, like, the, the dove or whatever's printed on it. I get that, and... But I don't understand if he meant like take like did he mean taking the mush and mushing it into those crevices so that I think he was talking about is that what the he meant liquid from it no maybe it is the maybe I didn't know <laughs> maybe well, there I we go that, that's what I was saying I was I wish you like someone would have been confused because I'm like because I'm like oh everyone else knows what he's talking about and I have no idea and I want to know what he's saying because apparently it's really amusing it keeps him entertained okay so imagine you have a a new bar of soap with like yes. deep, sharp letters impressed in it, you know? Uh-huh. So then with your old bar of sh- soap, we're going to pretend the old bar of soap is a different color, like an Irish spring or something. And it's all in like a tiny little piece. So you kind of like get it wetter than normal and kind of mush it up in your hand till it's like pliable. And then you start pushing that, like, it's almost like Play-Doh mushy consistency into the letters or the design of the okay. new bar of soap. Okay. So you fill in the, the letters, the embossing. It would have to be really mushy. Yeah, I know. I've never I've, gotten I haven't like that dealt mushy. With bar so- yeah, I haven't dealt with bar soap in that long. I'm just trying to imagine, like, getting something that malleable. To go in there, but I guess it's that Greg's fingers with years of fiddling with things like (laughs) those clips. I think he has very strong fingers. Ah, I see. Dexterity is like a strength, and he's able to. Huh. Okay, I get it now. Do you spar soap? I find it to be something that only old people maybe use because I don't understand. Uh, It's just a weird. It's just a weird thing to use, I guess, to me. Oh, 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 oh. Who's, whose grandma had fancy soaps and still does? Mine. Mine. Mine too. Like the shell shaped and the yes. peppers. The, the starfish shaped. Yes. yes. <laughs> My grandma has those. That yes. is, isn't that strange Butterfly how that's shaped? It is. It's- yeah. Mine. Yes. You're right. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my gosh. There must just okay. be like, how does every grandma have that? Isn't that kind of strange? It is. Weird. Yeah, I think it's like a small luxury. For Depression Era. Yes. Okay. So my husband and I went through a phase where we did the shower gel, whatever, that the liquidy with like the scrubby thing. Mm, But like, I don't know, like five years ago, we went back to bar soap. So I am a bar soap user. Yeah. And after I just wash cloths. I don't. Yeah. I don't use wash cloths. That's old lady ish. Yeah. I I don't don't use the little scrubby thing anymore i don't even use okay i don't even use body wash because i don't feel like you really need to like wash your whole body i wash yep. the hot spots <laughs> that are at need be with... that's all i do with the bar soap okay so very I... little just hot spots i like that word yeah <laughs> that that's perfect bogues thank you <laughs> so yeah i and washcloths no sponges no just hands whatever just to wash but after i just put a stigma on bar soap i uh, just got back from vacation two weeks ago and went to one of those places where they have all those like uh essential oil 
lotions, handmade lotions and soaps and whatever. And there was this one soap that had this smell that I wanted and they didn't have it in anything except for the bar soap. I'm like, well, I guess I'm buying a bar of soap. <laughs> so I have welcome to, to being an old lady. <laughs> you know, I could say that about a lot of things in my life, but finally I could bring it to my shower. <laughs> old lady Lisa's using her bar soap, but it's tobacco flower smell and it's one of the best smells I've ever smelled. Oh, whoa. You know what? You just, holy fuck, Lisa, you just remind me of something. I have a bar of, so- a fancy bar of soap that I have in my bathroom that I bought at an antique store. It's like wrapped, it's like super thick and it was wrapped in really fancy yes. uh, wrapping paper. And I was like, whoa, it was like $12 or something where I'm like, there's just something about this that I'm drawn to. Yes. So I, I do have my own fancy soap and, but it, it's never been unearthed. Like I've never got it out of the package. I think it just looks so fancy the way it is. So yeah, I guess I do have one too. I decided to splurge and spoil myself and use this fancy old lady soap. Good but, for you. Yeah. How do you feel? Lovely. No, <laughs> it's it's nice because it's not drying like most bar soap I always found was really drying. But huh. I use um, Castile soap, like that liquid whatever soap that you can make into a lot of other things for the Dr. household. Dr. Bronner's? All yes. for one? Yes. Yes, me that's, too. That's, that's... Peppermint all the way in <laughs> all of my hand soap dispensers. I use the mild unscented baby one or whatever for, for the hot spots and whatnot. <laughs> Toby, bar soap, and then we can, I think we could be done with this episode. Yes, bar soap. Uh, my wife makes her own soap. Oh, uh, so uh, we, really? Yeah, See, it's both. Full circle. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, she she makes sometimes the, like, what's called melt and pour, uh, which is, like, you buy chunks of what is basically already soap, and you can tint it or, like, put stuff in it, abrasive things or whatever if you if you want to, or scents or... Or That's and then sometimes amazing. she does the whole like fat and lye combination thing, and then uh, yeah, so we use that. But same thing like hot spots, right? You all use the bar under my armpits, for instance, or and on my arm, and then create a lather, and then right uh, use that lather sort of as you would with a so the body soap wash. remains untainted, untainted, literally, literally right. and figuratively, well. <laughs> literally <laughs> and figuratively. you beat me to it. <laughs> it sounds like it goes in your pits though. Pits the are fine, aren't they? I guess it's, it's your own bar, so. Yeah, it's the least, like, sketchy of all the crevasses True. options on your body. <laughs> I'll come yeah. clean. I have put and my fancy no soap judgment. in my pits, but I'm the only one using it. What used to really creep me out is that one long hair that would wrap around the yellow bar yep. soap that you could never do. That is, there's got to be a jmo associated with that because that is fucking creepy like <laughs> i think they have talked about that before i think they have you think um, so in the, in the yeah, old, I don't like the it. old thursday gang i feel like that might have been something it, i don't it like sounds it familiar. well this was so much fun thank you so much for listening to the show and support allison's show we need to grow her motherfucker i don't care about this one let's grow hers go to her <laughs> website allisonrosen.com support her in every way buy a shirt they're super comfortable and while you're at it, go get a shirt from uh, Sorry Not Sorry Folks because I got one and the shirts are super soft and comfortable and it's one of my new favorite shirts. So, good and I shipped it to you. Yep. I just got I got a special little note that said from Emily Q. I'm like, oh, I get to talk to the person that makes the shirts for, for, for Jenna. I'm so – that's so awesome. Yeah, um, oh, whoa. That is awesome. Isn't I it? That. I know. Yeah. Yeah. My that husband is cool. And I – Make t-shirts. Quench the parch. Yeah. Quench the parch. In so many Holy ways. Holy shit. 
<laughs> that is awesome. So, Emily, where can we find you if you want to be found? I am at Emily Q, the letter forever, on Twitter. And do you want to plug uh, your shirts, or is that just something you do for fun? Faketees.com. Um, I am always open to making small batches of awesome teas for anyone. We can ship them out from here. I do fulfillment. Hit me up. That's awesome. I, I can, I'm going to hit you up, actually. You need to. I vouch Good. for the shirts because they are very soft. They're just the same as the one that Allison has. They're soft. That's awesome. They fit perfectly. They're great. Um, and I can do all sorts of other styles. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. I have a, a thingy coming up a little festival thingy that I'm putting on and we want merch. So I will hit you up about that. Woo woo. Nice. Megan, where can we find you? Come and find me, my friends at Zanera Park, Z E N E R A P A R K. And I would suggest going and getting some goddamn tickets to Podfest. Get your little heinies to Los Angeles and let's go and have a dinner at Sir and chat it up. Amen. Um, I've been having a couple people who are hollering at me about that, and I, uh, I want it to happen. That would be so fun. It sounds like a lot of people are going to make their way out there, and yeah, I'm so excited. I, I, it's I've already said it before. It's my husband's fortieth birthday, so I'm going to have to somehow talk him into doing something for me. But um, <laughs> it's close enough. I've never seen her show live, which is bad on my part. But it, everyone needs to go. LA Podfest. Everyone, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to meet everybody in person and go see them live and meet everybody. So, um, Toby, where can we reach you? Uh, at dmilt on Twitter and at tobart on Instagram. And if you want to be part of this show, email us at bffancast at gmail.com. Check out our website, bffancast.com. Follow us on Twitter at bffancast. Follow me at jmos and bffs. And thank you and good night. Bye.